This is Decoding Superhuman with your host, Boomer Anderson. So one of the great things about the world of performance is the people you get connected to. And when you start working in this field, you start to immediately make connections. And sometimes you hit it off with somebody right away. And today's guest is one of those people. My guest today is Tim Gray. And Tim is a dedicated health optimizing biohacker and a psychology specialist and is the founder and investor in several successful London-based digital marketing agencies, the Biohacker London Meeting Group, and London's first hyperbaric oxygen clinic. Tim has been optimizing his health, energy, and mind for over seven years using a vast array of modalities, some of which we talk about today. He advises many well-known influencers, doctors, and specialists in the health and wellness space all over the world, and he's often featured on podcasts like this one, and in media regarding different health hacks. He's particularly interested in how to optimize the brain and body for mental clarity, stamina, and health by optimizing dental and oral health, the gut, sleep, hydration, and frequently uses HBOT or hyperbaric oxygen therapy, as well as the ketogenic diet and nootropics to operate optimally. So what do Tim and I get into this episode? Tim and I talk specifically about his journey into biohacking and how he really came into the world that is some of the key players that brought him in, things like Bulletproof Coffee, etc. We get into hacking biohacking and really the importance of getting the basics right. So you can think of this like sleep, hydration, etc. We also get into breathing and light, and one that you really may not expect, but I really look forward to sharing it with you, and that's the oral microbiome. You know the end of the movies where they, actually the Avengers series is very good at this, where they have run the credits and then they have that period at the end where they show you a little sneak peek to the next episode. Well, before the intro is over, I want to give you a little sneak peek here. So Tim is putting together something that's pretty incredible. It's the Health Optimization Summit, and it's September 14th and 15th in London of all places, where you're going to see the likes of Dave Asprey and a whole bunch of others speak about all things optimizing your health. I'm going to be there. Tim's going to be there. And I hope you'll come too. If you want to get your tickets, go to summit, that's S-U-M-M-I-T dot health optimization with an S dot com. And you can get your tickets right there. And if you come, let me know. Send an email over to podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com and I'll set up a time to meet up with you guys. Enjoy the show with Tim Gray. Mr. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, dude. Uh, This is going to be a fantastic conversation. I know you and I have exchanged messages for a long time about many variety of subjects. but we were introduced by Chris Babioti, which Mm. is one of the first guests on this podcast. So Chris, thank you for the introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. He's a, he's a, he's a legend. He is himself. He's one of the, the the London meetup guys, one of the originals. So Tim, if you don't mind, I want to start by this concept of biohacking. How did you actually find it? The way a lot of people did, um, which is something I'm trying to change. Um, it's about bulletproof coffee. Uh, it was a very long time ago in my fatigued, um, not so well days. Um, I heard about bulletproof coffee and I had it one morning after ordering all the bits in and with my girlfriend worked from home that day. And then four or five hours later, we popped our heads up and realized that we'd been super focused and like had forgotten about everything else. Um, and, and that was my entry way into Bulletproof Coffee. And then I realized all the research work that I'd been doing for my own health um, basically meant that I was a biohacker. But I didn't know the term biohacking until after Bulletproof Coffee. So that's what I have you know, to thank. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm fairly loyal to the brand. <laughs> yeah. Understood, understood. So let's go a little bit into that word biohacking because for different people, it means different things. Mm. What does biohacking mean to you? So 
for me, it means health optimization, but quantifying it using data where possible. Mm-hmm. And it means um, taking control of your health, not to sound like Dr. Makoda too much, but you know, it's about understanding that if you have a problem, there is a solution and figuring it out. And if you can quantify it, which is N equals one with the data, um, and then thousands of people talk about it, well, that's how we advance health. Um, it can also mean, obviously, part of the things that fit within that are things like inv- optimizing your environment, uh, such as your lighting, optimizing your diet, um, optimizing supplements based on what your, your cells actually need, opposed to just chucking more supplements in your throat. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it, mind, body, and environment optimization, basically. Um, and there's a lot of things out there that are actually biohacks, or I consider biohacks that we don't realize are biohacks in the common world. Um, you know, there's, yeah. Oh, we're going to have to expand on some of this because there's so many avenues that we can go down here. Yeah. Uh, but maybe let's take you back to where you were four or five years ago. You just had that bulletproof coffee and you're like, mm. oh man, my, my world is on fire now. Mm. And you're getting started in the world of biohacking. Do you mind just giving us some some tips or at least some people tips for people in the audience who are just kind of at this beginning or maybe they're kind of far along and they're kind of a little lost Mm -hmm. how do we i guess for lack of a better word hack biohacking Mm -hmm. it's a great question there are there is no end to the amount of information podcasts articles people telling you what you should or shouldn't do, it, become, it can become overwhelming. It really can. And I think when you're in a fight or flight mode, when you're ill and you're trying to get your health back and maybe doctors or, you know, you're not necessarily able to fix your health, it becomes quite stressful. I mean, I've been there. I really have. And with all this information, oh, which, which, which article do I read first? Or like, what podcast do I prioritize? Oh, now there's this podcast on this. Like, it becomes stressful. Um, when, when you're in that state, obviously when you let go and surrender and your health comes back a little bit, then it's different. I think one thing to always remember with whatever you have going on with your health or all the content out there is Occam's razor. Expand, expand a little bit on that one because that, you know, I was talking to our mutual friend Caspers, who Mm. is a massive fan of mental models and Mm. sort of heuristics, Mm. but Mm. Occam's razor, what is it? Occam's razor, essentially, it is the simplest thing is often the best um, mm-hmm. in its rawest format. Um, and so many people go down the rabbit hole. And I was talking with Sim, Sim Land yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. That was actually, it's like, he has his niche in, in, in uh, ketosis or metabolic flexibility. And within that, there's metabolic autophagy as a mm-hmm. An example, someone as a beginner in biohacking shouldn't get into metabolic autophagy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, you may hear about metabolic autophagy and go, yes, this is the next big thing for me. This is the magic bullet for my health. It's not. It might be later on, sure. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is you have to push the micro, the, um, all the small pieces like that to one side and go, how am I going to get the result as quickly as possible and sometimes it is doing things like a liver flush that most people may say is a load of rubbish. It's not uh, sexy, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and it may be something like that. Or, but forget the minutiae and go with the macros. And I don't mean macros as in your diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think for me, I take it back to basics. And if I could tell myself something seven or eight years ago, that based on everything I know today, and bearing in mind I... I up until this year, I've been reading around about 50 books a year, plus mm-hmm. reading, you know many articles a day and watching every bit of information I can and every topic based around my health. The compounded knowledge there would be take it back to basics, which are five key things. Um, mm-hmm. And one is obviously nail your sleep <laughs> is number one. Like, yeah, if you haven't got your sleep down, don't do anything else. Like literally mm-hmm. get that right. And I'll, I'll come into a bit more in that in a minute. Yep. Um, number two is sort your hydration out. 
because if you're not good and the thing is most people say oh i sleep well you know i do eight hours or whatnot yeah but how good is your sleep what are you doing to optimize your sleep what Mm. is the efficiency of your sleep how much deep sleep or rem sleep or light sleep do you get and that's where the aura ring helps us quantify it Mm -hmm. hydration oh well i drink you know eight glasses of water a day i you know i hydrate properly yeah but when you look on a cellular level we're deficient from the inside out in terms of minerals about mineralizing properly which is our electrical system so get your hydration right and again i can go down the rabbit hole on any of these we're, we're going to don't worry but keep going on the path you're going um, the next one for me and for my journey but i found the quickest wins from was oral and dental optimization which Ooh. is if you've got any cavities your cavitation sorry um if you've had any root canals if you've got any metal fillings uh, then you need to have those cleaned up. I mean, I, for me personally in my journey and why it's so important is that um, I've had sinus issue here for years, uh, pressure in my face, and um, I went to every specialist I could, That you know, in some of the most expensive people in London, and they just told me to put cream in my nose because it was a bit inflamed. A friend of a friend just happened to be one of the leading max fax surgeons there is, um, and when he opened me up the gum, I'd had a... Um, a root canal treatment that taken out that was infected. It was actually dead necrosis bone filled with pus. And when he cleaned me out, went through to the sinuses, stitched me up, did stem cell therapy. Within two hours, I was back at my hotel working until one in the morning after general anesthetic and my brain was alive. So for me, that's a big win. And I think if people have got metal fillings, for instance, mm-hmm. which obviously damage gut bacteria, in my opinion, or root canals where there's actually a localized infection that you don't even realize is there, it's very close to the brain, which can cause brain fog. So that will help your brain speed up so that you can help optimize your life faster. Number four is um, light, sunlight, and light mm-hmm. optimization, including grounding, because I consider them to be so synergistic. Mm-hmm. Make sure you get the right amount of sun. Make sure you block the right amount of blue light so that you sleep properly, which ties in with number one. Make sure you use red light to speed healing where needed. Um, and uh, grounding, obviously, connecting with the earth to get your negative um, electrons from the earth while you're getting your positive photons from the sun, which obviously charges our water to become Gerald Pollock's four-phase water, which fuels mm-hmm. our mitochondria for supercharging our energy. Um, and then five is breathing, air, oxygen, etc., which includes Wim Hof, good old Wim, um, includes hyperbaric oxygen therapy. It includes mindfulness, um, taking stock of where you are in your breath, because our bodies don't work unless we've got oxygen making the whole system combust and, and move. Obviously, diet does fit later for me because optimizing your diet, sure, it's important. But if you've got those fundamentals right, you know, the, the diet is slightly less important. All right. So I want to go a little bit deep on a few of these at least. We'll see how much time we have. Uh, but let's talk about sleep optimization because the world is being told get eight hours or, <laughs> you know, Five years ago, it was get six hours, but get eight hours. What else can we do beyond getting eight hours to make our our sleep a little bit more, uh, a little bit better? Okay. Well, as you know, when well, as you know, when you drink, you may yeah. get to sleep a lot quicker, uh, but you don't feel better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, if you look at your resting heart rate. While you're after alcohol, for instance, for me, it goes to resting heart rate of 110 beats per minute average. <laughs> so it shows what it's doing to your body. I mean, 110 is ridiculous. Yeah, um, that's pretty ridiculous. Your heart, rest, uh, your heart rate variability comes down to almost nothing. So the, the heart doesn't fluctuate at all in that regard. So it's just so bad for health. You don't feel well in the morning, but you say, well, I had eight hours. Well, okay. So if you sleep on a plane and you slept for seven hours on a plane, if you're that lucky you're not going to sleep deep Well, you're not going to be recovered. Um, so understanding that, and again, this comes back from having an aura ring for me. This is mm-hmm. why they've done so well. And for me, I, I really do consider it a sleep tracker more than an activity tracker. Yeah. Um, but with a few added bonuses like heart rate variability and things. Um, so really tracking it would be the first point because you know, what you don't measure, you can't manage, um, as, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So start with getting a baseline for do a couple of weeks before you do anything else and then start tweaking from there. One of the things that I do along the way um, is block out the blue light after 6 or 7 p.m. Uh, I, use my, I use my blue blocking sunglasses. So how, for those in Europe right now, right, sunlight 
is out until I don't know what it is in London, Amsterdam, it's almost 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing 6 or 7 p.m. with your blue light blockers? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, everything that we're talking about here with biohacking, and, and I, uh, this has become more and more of a thing, a realization I had a few months ago, um, is that everything we're doing in biohacking is mimicking a natural environment in an unnatural world. And so if you think back to ancestral times, you think, well, we're sleeping in a cave. We're sleeping in a cave. When the sun goes down, we start producing melatonin. Mm-hmm. Unless if we, we've got a fire nearby to keep us warm. <laughs> the sun rises, we wake up. Um, it has blue light in the morning, which wakes us up. Red light at night, which helps heal and calm us mm-hmm. um, while still recharging our mitochondria. Mm-hmm. Um, we're sleeping on a bit of rock or on some grass, which is stable in temperature. It's not, you know, a mattress with a duvet over us necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. all of these things are fundamentals towards where we're going with the biohacking side of things. And I think it's always bearing that in mind. So if you think about that, what time would the, what time would the sun start setting? Mm-hmm. Six, seven, eight o'clock, something like that. So when wouldn't we see blue light anymore? You know, six, seven, eight o'clock, we start seeing red light. So that's when we want to start blocking the blue light out. Sure, if we're on stage at midday um, and there's blue lights flashing down on us, it's going to keep our brain stimulated. It's yeah. going to help us do our job better, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not going to be good in the afternoon because you're just not going to produce melatonin. But wearing blue blockers at midday on stage, for me, in my opinion, is, is, is silly. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just doing it to look good. Um, uh, I may know who you're talking about there. <laughs> no, no, there's no one in particular. I think yeah. it's a common, it's a common misconception. I mean, I see people wearing it. I mean, I have one person to go with is Matt Maruka, for instance, yeah. a friend of mine. He will not wear blue blockers before a certain time. He knows his stuff better than anyone other than Jack he, Cruz. And he's been on the show before. He's, yeah. uh, he's a very sharp kid. I love Matty. Mm-hmm. You imagine him in 20 years, like he's, yeah. he's 19 at the moment. Imagine in 20 years. It's, it's incredible. So, so, I mean, I think if you're on stage and you need your brain awake, you don't block the light out. You don't. And mm-hmm. if you um, want to sleep well, make sure you wear blue blockers after a certain, after a certain time. <laughs> so just think about mimicking nature. That's it. Yeah. I mean, obviously when you're on stage, you, you, there's no nature there. <laughs> yeah, there's no nature there. It's just it, one of the things I think people struggle with, uh, particularly in Northern Europe, is the the fact that light is out until i mean in sweden right now it's 11 p.m right mm-hmm. and so trying to mimic nature there when you actually want to get to bed maybe there is cause to put it on before mm-hmm. sun goes down but mm-hmm. it's just kind of a hypothesis on my part yeah i mean again it's this it, it, blocking the blue light out when the sun when the sun would be setting is is the right move in my opinion um unless you want unless you're going to be flying and you need to hack your sleep and you're going to be on stage at midday and you're flying at three o'clock, which is going to be midnight in the time zone where you're landing. Yeah. That's the exception to the rule, you know? Um, so I think that that's the right move. And I think the other thing is like my bedroom light is red. It's a, actually a red light rising full, full stack. You got thing. the full stack. Yeah. yeah. We've got, we've got one over here too. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're actually, um, Brian and James actually met at the London meetup and mm-hmm. they formed Red Light Rising because no one else could get stacks in the UK, which is great. They've done very well, actually. I love those guys. Um, so I have a remote control, um, so I can use that as my bed light, and so therefore it's completely red. If I ever forget to put my blue blockers on when I go out to the bathroom or something or other, it's suddenly the world is like so blue, you realize how much blue that there is polluting in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's a massive, it's probably the biggest sleep win that there is, is to block out blue lights. So I'm glad that we've kind of, gone on about it a bit more than usual because like is like there's sleep studies come out with children uh, kids at school that have blocked have banned their phone for one day a week and they're having a one day of sleep amazing mm-hmm. or they get blue light like this so they don't produce melatonin and they don't sleep so that's number one um number two is obviously use red light in the bedroom which is which is in line with that um, depending on where you are in your health or your mental state you might want to block sounds out so that your unconscious isn't listening out for noise during the night i.e a tiger coming to eat you yeah. so i look in earplugs when i if i am stressed or if it's a noisy environment 
All right, the sponsor for today's podcast is a member of the toolkit that I use on an almost daily basis to upgrade my state of being and have used it actually for the past couple of years. The guys over at Neurohacker Collective have done a fantastic job. You've heard me rave about the original stack as well as Qualia Mind on the show. But now I'm so excited because the suite of products has grown. You have Qualia Focus for that near-term bump. You have Qualia Mind Caffeine Free for all my caffeine-sensitive listeners out there. But their latest product, which just came out, is oh so exciting. It's called Eternus, and it's a 38-ingredient formula containing the most researched and premium ingredients on Earth for supporting cellular health. This is key to combating the symptoms of aging. If you want to check out Eternus, Qualia Mind, Focus, or any of the Neurohacker products, go over to neurohacker.com and plug in the code BOOMER. You'll get an additional 15% off your order. Enjoy. So the silicon earplugs stop the um, unconscious mind listening out for threats around you, basically. Mm-hmm. And so if you think back to being in the cave where you're sleeping, if there's a tiger creeping up, you want to be on high alert to be able to wake up so it doesn't eat you or your family. It's silicon. We, we don't have that issue in a locked house in a block of apartments with a concierge sitting downstairs and your bedroom door closed, you're going to hear it. And so having silicon earplugs just stops those noises when you're on high alert. So mm-hmm. that helps you deep sleep deeper. And I find that that helps massively when I'm, when I'm in a stressed stage or when people come to me and they can't sleep very well and they are stressed. I mean, obviously there's about other things going on that they need to work on so they become more calm in day-to-day life. But mm-hmm. silicon earplugs work very, very, very well. Like I often get like 5 to 6% more sleep as a result, or should I say deep sleep as a result of wearing them. So wow. I think... Yeah. Um, so just to skip through other things, I use a grounding bed sheet as well, um, yeah. which connects the, um, the earth part of the, the, the socket in the wall. I use a blackout blind because I like to work late because it's when my UK colleagues, um, stop emailing me. So I work really, <laughs> I find it super productive, super productive, um, opposed to all my team seem to work very early in the morning, which means I don't get time to myself in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I work very late. So I block out the light um, in the morning. So it tricks my circadian rhythm. But it also means that the blue light from out in the city, because I'm in zone one in London, doesn't mm-hmm. come into my bedroom so, uh, through the curtains and things. So blackout blind. And again, that means that I can sleep much deeper for much longer if I need to. Seven hours, 41 minutes is my average. And that remains so ridiculously stable unless I get a virus or a cold, which is a rare thing these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that often goes up to eight and a half or nine hours if my body really needs to repair. So, I mean, that is one thing within this that shows how important sleep is. If your body needs to repair, which it does on a daily basis, because we're damaging these units, you know, we're damaging these units on a daily basis from the chemicals we put in or what we breathe or for the energy we use or from working out at the gym, we go to sleep so our body can go, right, now it's time to defrag and it's time to rebuild this body to help reverse the damage that we've done during the day. Now, if we're not having good sleep, it's not going to reverse that damage and we're just going to age and decline quicker and quicker and quicker. So that's why another reason why sleep is so important. Beautiful. Um, um, I mean, uh, the one thing that actually I heard Joe McCola, um, Dr. McCola rather, and Matt Maruka and Jack Cruz and all of these guys in this area talking about is that we are essentially sun collectors. Yeah. We collect sun from different sources, whether it be an orange, whether it be from the sunlight itself. And we are collecting energy from the sun all day in all these different forms, um, which obviously helps fuel our mitochondria. And then we use that energy that we've collected through the day to reverse the damage during the night. Mm-hmm. If we're not getting sunlight, <laughs> which we, we'll come on to in a bit, and we're not eating good quality food with the right enzymes that helps it break, break the proteins down in our system for our body to repair, we are screwed. So, I mean, this is why like, we can go into deep, detail on every single one of these points but if you forget like the basic five things this is why like get these things down go into each of them as you need to and it might be that sleep you already got that down you get an aura and you go holy fuck i've got a 98 out of 100 sleep score every night okay forget it move on you don't need to think move on to hydration 
Yeah, um, let's move on to hydration because this hmm. is what you said earlier, I think is extremely important. Most people think they get eight glasses of water a day and they're like, well, I'm following the hmm. RDA. Hmm. What can we do to be more hydrated? Well, the, the first question would be is how much are you drinking and how much are you peeing? Yeah. Um, at my ear list, I was peeing 30 to 50 times a day. That is no exaggeration at all. Mm-hmm. I, I would have a cup of tea, uh, I like green tea or whatever at the time, and it would seem to come out of me very quickly, twice as much as what I drank, um, which caused so many different issues with my body as well and fatigue. So what is the misconception that drinking more is good for you? We would drink water from a stream going back to our cave again which comes through rocks which is highly mineralized mineralized being electrolytes Mm -hmm. electrolytes being how we transport energy around our body for our electrical system they are our wires in this bio machine that we have been given so if you're just drinking water with low mineral content then all you're going to be doing is flushing toxins out sure that's half the job that's that's half of the job of, of the blood flushing toxins out, moving things around. But there's also energy transportation. And if we haven't got electrolytes, we're going to be doing half the job. Now, if we're just drinking more water, we are going to flush out more of the minerals that are in our blood because we're processing more and more and more and more. Opposed to topping the minerals up, which increases our electrical system efficiency. So our adrenals will become stressed because we're, we're using adrenaline to keep our body going because we haven't got the right electrical system. Because if you imagine now, if you had a hose pipe, okay, and you're trying to force water down the hose pipe, if there was more water than the hose pipe could cope with, it's just not going to be efficient. It's going to literally ruin the hose pipe, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that is what happens if we are stressing our system. We're going, well, actually, we haven't got enough minerals going through this hose pipe. We're literally just flushing it through. It's just the body's going to become stressed because it hasn't got the right amount of minerals moving the energy around. It's literally too constricted. Mm-hmm. So you can then drink less water. And I, I drink probably a liter and a bit a day now, excluding my bulletproof coffee. I mean, that's the there exception. I'm sorry. Um, I drink half the amount of water that I used to. I pee five to six times a day, the color is exactly right. And trust me, I test my urine. I'm known for testing my urine on a daily basis um, to see the specific gravity and the pH and all these different bits and pieces. Um, and as a result of having the right mineral balance, your body holds onto the water properly. Now, one thing when I was really stressed in this, and this is the important thing for people that have frequent urination or that go five, six plus times a day, I tested various different minerals to see what helped me retain the water in the cells. For me, it just happened to be that adding potassium gluconate in twice a day actually meant that I retained the water better, like significantly better. It was a night or day difference. No practitioner, no specialist, no doctor, no nothing had ever told me to remineralize properly. So Tim, I I just want to stop you there because this is a very common problem with people. Well, not really a problem, opportunity. Um, Mm. Going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and therefore disrupting your sleep. Did Mm -hmm. potassium gluconate help you resolve that or? Yeah. I mean, there was, it was a multi-layered thing for me. Mm -hmm. One, it was an inflamed prostate, prostatitis. And that was partly caused by an infection, Mm -hmm. although they could never find that. But I, my unconscious tells me it was in some form. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, is because I was peeing so much, it was put, make, meaning that my prostate was being used 10 times as much a day when I do go pee. Um, as a result, it would be inflamed and it would make me want to pee all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's two issues. There's one is it, you know, if you have a urinary tract infection, for instance, or an oxalate uh, issue from having too much spinach or kale or whatever, that yeah. will, that will um, irritate your bladder and make you want to pee more, even though not much comes out. That's one issue. The other issue is when you're peeing high volume frequently. Okay. So if you're peeing high volume frequently, it means you're not holding onto the water in the cells. Yeah. And if you're peeing a little bit frequently. It means that something's irritating you. So if you wake up in the night and you go for a pee several times, it could be that it's a prostate issue. If it's only a little bit, it could be that you're not holding onto your fluids correctly 
if you're peeing a lot. Now, there, obviously, there's a hormone that stops you one needing to pee when we're asleep. So often, it's either like a prostate issue, a urinary tract infection, an oxalate issue. And you, we can go down the rabbit hole ridiculously on this. I mean, it's an area that I've spent a lot of time in, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Um, so I think one, one would be balance your electrolytes first. Now, okay. if you just throw magnesium in, what happens to the other minerals? Your kidneys go, well, hang on a minute. Something's out of whack here. You don't just chuck one in and expect all the others to come into a line. Mm-hmm. You balance. So there is an element of testing one that may be the difference. So everyone's throwing more and more magnesium in them at the moment, which can throw out sodium and potassium or any of the others. Yep. Clincher for me was adding potassium in specifically, but once I'd done that and helped balance that, which comes from a gut issue, obviously, because I wasn't digesting certain um, things properly because of previous gut issues. Mm-hmm. Um, potassium just happened to be the one for me. But after that, to hydrate properly, adding in a full complex mineral um, supplement. So like a trace mineral supplement here? Sure, trace mineral is, is good, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, adding in just like sodium, potassium, calcium, magnesium, mm-hmm. sure, it will help you somewhat if you're deficient in those particular ones. But what happens if you're not creating enzymes because you're not eating the right foods, you're not digesting the right things, therefore you're missing out on the other ones that you're not testing. So I use Quinton Hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Totem Sport. There's Cell Nutrition. There's various other full mineral complex, which have 78 minerals in or 78 of them in, opposed to just one or two. Like if you buy Lucasade, it will have some electrolytes in it because they know it's important for sport. Well, what happens if you had 78 of them? And if you look at the body on a cellular level and you look at what's in the cell and what, what isn't in the cell, well, how do you know which one should go in without doing an intercellular test? So if you have all 78 in one supplement, then the chances are it's probably going to, the right things are going to go in there. Unless you're high in mercury, which stops magnesium or whatever getting into the cell, which means you've got to deal with the mercury. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> we may get into it if we start talking about the oral uh, microbiome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, uh, just to touch on that, by the way, is um, if you do have a mercury issue, a lot of people do actually have electrolyte issues, uh, hydration issues, because the mercury from the fillings or in the digestive system means that you don't digest certain foods, which means you don't get the certain minerals. And then mercury is in the cell, so magnesium can't get in there, which is why a lot of people with mercury toxicity or metal fillings, I find, have tight muscles. When they go for a massage, they say, oh, you're very tight muscles. Well, if you get the mercury taken out of the cell by chelation and then magnesium back in the cell, then funnily enough, all these muscles, everything relaxes. It's, you know, so you don't need a massage every single week. We didn't evolve to have that. You know, anyway, I mean, it feels good if you can do it, but it's, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, uh, that's, that's the hydration piece. And I think the brands to look out for, I've already mentioned, um, I found that adding one sachet in the morning of hypertonic, which is twice the strength of uh, isotonic, isotonic is at the same level of our blood, um, adding that in, in the morning and then the evening before bed, people find that they're digestion improves, that their energy improves, their mental clarity improves, et cetera, et cetera, because you're literally transporting oxygen around the body properly and your energy system is working better. Mm-hmm. So that's why hydration is so important. Number one and number two, if there's only two things that you became experts in for your own health, it would be those two things before anything else. Like yeah. the amazing, the difference between those two things is night or day, no pun intended. Well done. Well done. So real quick, before we move on to, I want to talk about the oral microbiome, but before we do that, can we chat a little bit on, um, the test that you use to discover your deficient, um, in potassium? What was the name of the test? Yeah. So, um, there's a new form of testing for the, the, the general public, should I say is called metabolomics. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's intercellular testing. Now it's been around for a while, um, for professional use, um, but not necessarily to end users such as ourselves. Metabolomics is intercellular medicine, essentially, looking at the body on a cellular level to see what is in the cell that shouldn't be, what isn't in the cell that should be. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Dr. Scott Sher, uh, S-H-E-R-R, uh, he heads up actually health optimization medicine over in San Francisco, mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, and it's looking at the body 
um, on a cellular level like this. And then it's based around, or should I say, his, his mentor and colleague is Dr. Ted Akakoso, who was recently on Ben Greenfield's podcast and a, a while before on uh, Bulletproof Radio as well. He's a 210 or 212 IQ guy, one of four on the planet, seriously smart. Um, Scott is, is very, very smart too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they do is they look at the body on a cellular level and say, right, here's what's going on on a cellular level. What do we need to get out? What do we need to get in? And then watch the body do its thing because it is a self-regulating, self-fixing, amazing piece of machinery that we've been given. It's just about taking the things that are stopping health away and giving it what it needs health to repair. So now I only supplement based on what my cells need. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm not subjective. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I used to take 30 to 40 supplements a day, some tablets, two or three of each. That's up to 100 tablets a day. It may sound bonkers, but when you're desperately trying to find what to fix your health and there's no one out there to guide you, you do what you have to do to get there. And I got to this point where my energy is, as you can see, 200 miles an hour pretty much all day, every day until my head hits the pillow. Um, I'm very lucky to have been able to get to that point but it has been through destroying every piece of knowledge and testing everything on myself along the way. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do that now because this information is out there and it's being spread by guys like us. Yeah, exactly. And I love that NutriVal test too. So mm-hmm. good recommendation there. So on the let's move on to the oral micro and dental area because mm-hmm. this is one I didn't expect, frankly. Um, and mm-hmm. I want to double click on it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about how that plays a role in overall, I guess, homeostasis or performance. Um, well, let's start from the top, shall we? Because um, most people only think about their oral microbiome in terms of brushing their teeth, right? And so, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the place to start is this is the entryway to our body, right? Here. And it's very receptive to things that we put in it. Mm-hmm. Now. When we have IV, we can't have anything put in our veins that hasn't been sterilized because it's so fundamentally important that we don't get something in our body that shouldn't be there. That's, that's part of medicine. That is part of the rules. You know, they, once upon a time, Dr. Quinton, Quinton used to put IV um, saline solution from the sea, which is the Quinton hydration stuff, into the into kids veins and watch their health improve massively it had live enzymes in it it had the mineral full mineral complex in there but then the medical community said well actually we can't risk having non-homogenized or um non-sterile things put into people well okay so that's on from the veins but what about what's going in the mouth you know how many people go to india or thailand and get food poisoning because they've had something that shouldn't go in this in their mouth this is how important it is as an entryway to our body okay and yet we neglect it massively mm-hmm. we have metal fillings put in our mouth amalgam which has a content of mercury in it and i i, I say this very frequently actually at the moment um if a thermometer is broken in a school, they evacuate the school because of the mercury. And yet we can have something with metal <laughs> in our mouth and we are convinced that it is safe. Even if it is, why would we risk that? You know? Mm-hmm. So, number one, if you have metal in your mouth, in my opinion, you should get it out because mercury does actually kill types of bacteria off. Mm-hmm. Which types, I cannot tell you. But I do know one repeated pattern from everyone I've spoken to or many people I've spoken to along the way is that they don't digest food the same way. They are deficient in certain nutrients. Um, mercury apparently stops certain enzymatic reactions as well, which enzymes obviously help us break down proteins, carbohydrates and fats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that means that we're going to be deficient on a cellular level as a result of something being in our mouth. So that is killing off gut bacteria all day, every day. Now, for me personally, and this is, again, a pattern that I've seen, N equals 1 times 50 or 100, a lot of people with mercury or amalgam fillings seem to have oxalate issues um, and kidney stones, gut issues, because in my, and this is a theory of mine, that it kills off certain gut bacteria such as oxalobacter fomenges. Oxalobacter fomenges has been seen to break down oxalates. (laughs) So... By having this here, it's too much of a risk for me. 
and I got seven of my fillings, all, that's all of them, taken out. Um, you have to have them taken out, in my opinion, safely. Yeah, um, with yeah. Not just having them drilled apart and then breathing all the mercury vapor in. Um, yeah, it's about having them taken out by a holistic dentist. And there are very good ones out there. Um, so, so that's number one. So you're killing your gut bacteria off, in my opinion, and stopping certain enzymatic reactions. Now, I'm actually testing a product at the moment, and this isn't a plug for them, but this is how much I believe in it, is Masszymes um, mm-hmm. by Bio-Optimizers, um, because they're, they're enzymes that break down proteins into their amino acids. Um, but if you're not breaking down your food into the single amino acids, your body's not going to repair. Well, okay, that is, that is documented science. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now, if... if if mercury does stop certain enzymatic reactions, does that not imply that you are not breaking down proteins into their amino acids, which means your body doesn't repair properly, which is why a lot of people with mercury poisoning often are quite skinny and uh, like myself, quite skinny and don't build mass very easily. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the type of how important it is just on that one piece. So that's how that ties in. Number two is if you are low in certain bacterias, so if you think about gut yeasts and gut bacteria, they should, they should be in harmony. Mm-hmm. But if you take too many antibiotics and the bacteria starts going down, they're not symbiotic anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is where you start having fermentation in the gut or you start having candida, yeah, which is, candida, yeah. I don't believe the, the standard system believes that as a term, unless you have HIV or seriously immune compromised I mean, data I see from uh, organic acids tests says very differently to that mm-hmm. uh, for many people. And um, so, yeah, so basically you can then got, get thrush in the mouth, which is what happened to me originally, which is how I figured out a lot of this stuff originally. Um, so if you've got high yeast, um, you're not going to be digesting your, your, your food properly because you're going to have low bacteria, which means it's the icing on the cake in the digestive process of your gut bacteria. Mm-hmm. So, so that's one, just one piece of the puzzle. The second piece in uh, oral and dental side of things is if you have a root canal. Now, there's, this, there's a documentary called Root Cause on Netflix, um, which um, looked at oral and dental optimization to some extent. They didn't touch on the mercury or amalgam side of things too much, and, um, but they went into the root canal. And one of the studies that they had, that they, that they mentioned, it was only a small study, I think of 30 or 40 people, but 96 or 97% of those people that had breast cancer on one side had a root canal on the same side. Mm-hmm. Now they say that when you do a root-treated tooth, they kill all the bad bacteria off and whatnot, but when they take those teeth out and implant them into the rat, the rat got the same illness that the human had. You know, they say that there's uh, tubules within the tooth that store bacteria. So if you, if you, um, it's basically an organ that's been filled with something or other that you can have a cyst in. Now that's exactly what I'd had. I'd had it taken out. Um, and then it was built off of bacteria in the jaw where I had to have a sinus list lift as a result of all of this. So if you've got any root canals, get them checked and not just by a standard, uh, standard dentist that doesn't necessarily know what to look for because they won't, like cavitations aren't a thing in some in many countries in other countries they can look at it on a, an x-ray and go actually yes you've got um a bad area here that's a cavitation and we think that, that root canal too should come out mm-hmm. have the joint up and then miraculously people's health issues reverse quite quickly a lot of them i mean the, the root cause documentary i implore anyone listening to this to go and watch if they can get their hands on it still um because it disappeared off of Netflix as quickly as it arrived. Uh, often tells me that there's something interested in, in the... <laughs> yeah, um, you can go to documentaryheaven.com if you want to listen to some of these things that get pulled off of Netflix quite quickly. So, so yeah, so that's that. I mean, brushing teeth, yeah, sure, you should be careful brushing your teeth. I'm not putting too much emphasis on that because yeah. that's a daily pop-up, opposed to making sure that you're okay on a systemic level. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the two areas that I would really focus on. Mm-hmm. We've delved into light quite a bit already, but the last thing you mentioned earlier was breathing. And I would love to go specifically, you mentioned hyperbaric oxygen therapy, but I want to talk a little bit about breathing. Mm-hmm. Why is it so important as I just took a deep breath? <laughs> yeah. You're more mindful of it right now. Yeah. I mean, if you think to the whole the whole process of the body healing, hold your breath. Like I, I, I dare you, hold your breath for five minutes. 
<laughs> Go on. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'll hold um, it. I'll hold it for as long as you're talking. Let's see what happens yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and see what happens. Um, that's how important it is. It's it's one of the, the fundamentals of life. Um, and if you're not, if you've got bad posture, like me, I'm sitting slouched at the moment. It's on a high chair, but I'm sitting slouched. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've got, um, I'm living in a city like I am with, uh, with low oxygen levels and high pollution levels. If I'm not mindful of my breathing, if I just breathe quickly because I'm always in a hurry and I'm stressed in, in, in fight or flight, I'm not getting the right amount of um, oxygen. My whole, uh, the whole engine isn't going to combust properly. Like if you stop an engine from having oxygen, it won't, it just won't run anymore. Um, the problem is, is when you're slightly deficient on something, you don't notice it. It's not a night or day difference. I mean, we have a threshold, and this is well documented in psychology, of where if something is less than 20% in change, we don't necessarily notice it. Mm-hmm. Which is why when you see a packet of cereal, not that I advocate the use of cereals, on a shelf, the front side of it, the front size of it is the same but the thickness of it is now thinner. So it has the same shelf space, but it's a lot thinner. Now they've reduced the thickness of this by less than 20% every time because they know this. Mm-hmm. Mars bars, for instance, another product that I don't... I don't <laughs> I, you, don't, you don't sneak them on the weekend? Yeah, no. no, no I, I don't think anybody should. Um, but I mean, the point is, have you seen how they shrink more and more and more? We don't notice until like, for instance, five years ago, it was probably five or 10 years ago is the last time I brought a Mars bar. And I noticed the difference because the threshold of change is over 20%. Mm-hmm. So why is that relevant? Well, if we're breathing and we don't notice our health deteriorate by more than 20% as a result immediately, we don't realize it's a problem. Whereas if you're breathing, you said, well, actually, I'm 100% worse today. You would go, it's, you know, and you knew it was about breathing, then you would do something about it. So we're only a little bit deficient in oxygen, say 20%, less than 20%. And as a result, we don't realize it's as important, and it could be as a quicker win as we realize. Now, why is Wim Hof Method doing so well, um, and Wim's work is spreading virally across the planet right now? Because people are feeling so much better from being mindful about their breathing. And it's not just when they're practicing WIM method with, with their friends, they are more conscious of their breathing all day, every day. I have many friends that have gone, Wim Hof method has changed my life. Why? Because they are breathing more. They are more conscious of it. It's more prevalent in their life and they realize how much better they feel as a result, often more than 20% from doing an instant thing for the next few days. It's the same with cold thermogenesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping in a cold ice bath. Why are people doing this? Like people, you, you, you look at it from an outside perspective, if you're not a biohacker or health optimizer, and you go, what are they doing? Like, why would you do that to yourself? Well, basically, again, going back to our cave again, we're not supposed to have hot showers. We're not supposed to be able to jump in boiling hot water. We're supposed to be plunging in a cold pool and washing when we start smelling. And that helps the whole body reset. Um, it helps the body deal with oxygen all these different things. It's all intertwined within these five fundamentals. So breathing properly, um, having the right temperature control within our bodies is all relevant to the whole process working properly. That's why it's spreading virally. Now, mimicking nature uh, using technology in an unnatural world, as I mentioned earlier on, well, what happens if you are in a city in, like I, li- I live near Borough Market in very, very central London. Mm-hmm. There's not really anywhere with clean, lovely, sparkling, freezing cold water other than me putting a little paddling pool with ice on it on my balcony, which that's a lot of work. And I want to get breath, breath work in. Well, I can go to a hyperbaric clinic. Mm-hmm. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is 99.7% pure oxygen, or 97.7%, I think, actually, pure oxygen administered up to twice atmospheric pressure, which means that you dissolve more oxygen in your blood on a cellular level, which floods your body to where it may be starved partly because you're slightly deficient in it, which helps the body heal from the inside out. So if you think about when you cut your hand or something or other, and there's a wound and you put a plaster on it, it won't heal properly because it's not getting oxygen to it. Mm -hmm. The blood can't do its thing because it hasn't got all the parts it needs and the inflammation stops it. Now, what happens whether you have hyperbaric? It is like ripping the plaster off. It means that oxygen flow gets to that 
get, gets much more oxygen to it, which means you can heal from the inside out. It's well documented, especially around diabetic foot wounds. So people that have had foot wounds that would normally need to be amputated, mm -hmm. they have hyperbaric, I think. I think the period of time is over about six weeks and it heals up. Mm -hmm. There's such significant research work behind it now. Dom Diagostino, um, the leading pharmacologist behind the whole ketogenic movement right now, um, he uses hyperbaric oxygen therapy. The body deals with oxygen very differently um, when on the ketogenic diet. So they're so synergistic as well. Um, so, I mean, I think you go back to Haven example again. Um, why does high intensity training work? Well, because we run after an animal to kill it once a week. Um, so we're in ketosis a lot of the time. We're breathing properly. We're swimming in a, a small lake to wash, you know, it's funny, isn't it? All these things is, is what we're figuring out now are the things that we would have done as cavemen, yeah. which is why in, you know, less um, progressed countries in the world have very, very different health issues. Mm -hmm. They don't have, they don't need root canals. <laughs> they don't have cancers at the rate that we have. You know, they don't have brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they have malnutrition. Um, that's because the, the technological advances that we've had and done are helping us in many ways, such as connecting and whatnot. Um, but they're actually a, like unadvanced in other ways. And that's why we're mimicking a natural environment in an unnatural world with these things. So hyperbaric oxygen therapy is something I heard Dave Asprey talk about on the Bulletproof radio three years ago, four years ago. And I tried it and loved it and realized that it was nowhere nearby for me to use it. Um, no private clinics in London, self-elected clinics and whatnot. So I said to the doctor running it, I want one in London. If I build it, are you in? And he said, yes, Tim, let's do it. So that's how my clinic came around. Okay, yeah. um, so, I mean, it's been a big part of my journey because it was a night or day different from difference for me. I did have bad posture when I was a kid, stupidly from the age of 16 to 26. So I smoked up to 30, 35 cigarettes a day. My, yes, I know. Um, luckily I gave up cold Turkey one night, which, um, just my gut, my gut feeling was give it up. It's not good at the age of 26. Um, and so there's various, various reasons why my body didn't have enough oxygen or couldn't get enough oxygen. Uh, so hyperbaric was a massive, massive win for me. And I, I've tested it, experimented it to the extremes, um, under the supervision of course, of, of how it made my body heal better. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, so it's very, very vitally important. And if someone is struggling with fatigue, let alone using their sleep to optimize it and the hydration with the right minerals, if you're um, optimizing your breath work or having hyperbaric, you see how different you can feel within two weeks of doing this stuff. I mean, it's pretty, pretty quick, which is why they're fundamentals, because I like the get shit done approach. Absolutely. How can I feel better tomorrow as quickly as possible without worrying about stressing about taking another magnesium supplement that might be the winner, you know, <laughs> my approach, which is why I talk about it so much because I think so many people forget about it. Like listen to any other podcasts that are going around at the moment that really talk about taking it back to basics. Yeah. We're so far down the rabbit hole and there's many people coming into this now that haven't been on the, for the journey like we have from earlier days mm -hmm. where we've had this compounded knowledge along the way filling up like our memory banks bit more, bit more, bit more and starting to see the patterns. They're going, well, where the hell am I? Like I'm listening to these podcasts and there's so much good stuff, but how does it fit together? That is why I'm hammering out this message right now because I want people to know that they can be supported, that if they take it back to basics, they really can improve their health very quickly. That's why it's so important. And I'm banging on this drum a lot. Yeah. It's amazing when you think about it. It's just like from an evolutionary biology perspective, when you start to look at it through that lens, it's just like things mm. make sense, right? Mm. And, and sometimes mm. the simplest quote unquote hack is the best hack, which is, yes. so yeah. thank you for, for taking the time and getting this message out there. Now, mm. Tim, I want to transition a little bit into the final four questions because uh, we're running a little bit on time and I know you have a lot to do with everything that's coming up in your world. <laughs> but the first question is, is what area or domain of performance do you think people should pay more attention to uh, in terms of upgrading? Um, it's a very, very good question because my mind is going through many, many different points and depending in which context. Um, I guess I think one that needs more attention than it's currently getting. 
I think we've covered them in the fundamentals yeah. and all of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it's back to basics. I've given, I've given, I mean, four of those five, the oral and dental one is a slightly longer term, but it is a big juicy win. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think sleep, number one, hydration, number two is definitely important. But I think, I think really exploring and being curious and tearing this knowledge apart and listening to these podcasts and reading every bit of information you can. So if you have a symptom like, yeah, sure, you can Google it and see Dr. Google and find a lot of this stuff out. But really, like, if you have a urinary problem, go and start searching, listening to podcasts about it. Because, like, when you Google certain conditions, it always ends in the same place. Um, and anyone that's Googled their symptoms will know what I mean. And um, I mean, I think just be hungry, just be hungry. And, like, I think the biggest learning for me on this journey over everything is that self-motivation is important and fixing one's health is super important and you've got to look after this unit and I, I call it a unit because that's what it is. It's a very, very smart bit of machinery but like sharing, like self-exploring, figuring this stuff out and then sharing it externally and building such a good network of amazing people is just like so fundamentally important. I mean, what I'm working on right now is just literally because of the relationships that I've built along the way from sharing what I really care about, um, opposed to being a selfish prick of a business guy that only cared about making more money. I realized that that wasn't creating happiness. And I know it's a cliche in these days, but the more money I earned, the more unhappy I was. And I've, I've now risked everything that I've ever saved into something or other. And I, I'm really happy for it. I've got an amazing set of people in my life. I'm talking to guys like you. Like for me, this is absolute fun yeah me too absolute fun i don't consider it a job or anything at all and i'm helping people on a daily basis and more and more people are smiling and the people that are miserable or negative or naysayers generally just like end at the at the side of the road you know they're they're literally rattle off until they until they wake up and they realize well actually yeah it is a happy great world out there mm-hmm. so community tribe whatever you want to call it is so important like Look how we've connected over however many emails over a few months. Look how all of these guys are. They all want to share love and help each other, but it starts with oneself. It starts with experimenting on ourselves and figuring this stuff out and then sharing, discussing it openly together. Some things work, some things don't. But the point is, if you don't share it with each other, you never know. And that's what the problem with with the health space has been up until this point which is why biohacking is so fundamentally important because the data then proves it as well amen well said uh what if you wanted to get into a state of flow or focus what's your top trick for enhancing that just what i just did (laughs) take a breath take a second slow it down um i think notifications on phones need to be turned off god they're horrible (laughs) Um, I mean, I mean, I live in a reactive world right now with the amount of different things going on left, right and center. And I've got fires to clean out in various, various places, um, any one given time, but there should be a period of time where you do switch off and take a breath and whether or not that's seven minutes after waking up and using your red light stack and just being mindful and focusing on your breathing or whether it's sitting down for half an hour every day and reading your book, you know, with no distractions. Um, I I think I, I said this to Sim a few days ago, it's like, um, yeah, basically you just need to take stock any one given moment in the day. And it becomes like being in the matrix when Neo was being pumped and he was just dodging them out of the way. You know, the more you become mindful and the more you meditate, uh, and I don't mean for hours and hours, cause if you're sleeping properly, you don't need more meditation because uh, you know, you, you just don't. Um, I think the more you become mindful, the better. Um, and the world slows down and you can look around at what's happening around you and, and life becomes so much better as soon as you take stock. Well said favorite, or I guess let's second to last question here is what book has significantly impacted your life and how you show up to perform in it? There has been so many books uh, you can, you can really start bad. rattling them off if you want. Or if you... I'm going I'm to tell you. I'm going to tell you my number one um, in terms for my journey, which was the Mercury Diaries. Um, now, this is one of the the first books, and I started it <laughs> a long, long time ago, and it was signed by my 
my friend and holistic dentist as well. Um, I got to know Danny that wrote the book. I mean, I, I always say it's my favorite book because it, it opens your eyes to biohacking without even knowing it's anything about biohacking. I told Danny about the term biohacking a few years ago. Um, it's about one guy's journey that got more and more allergies, gut issues, brain fog. He was a high performer within a trading a London trading firm mm-hmm. and realized he was mercury toxic and he couldn't eat more than anything than salad at one point. And it starts off, you know, with the fatigue, uh, thyroid issues, gut issues, brain and uh, brain fog, um, all of these things in between, and it even goes into liver flushes and things. And it's an amazing journey, and he is such an amazing guy. He's become a good friend. Um, that would be my number one go-to book. There are other things, um, other books out there. One I'm reading at the moment, or have been reading recently, is Healing uh, Light and Healing by John Ott, yeah. which is incredible book and I've got Matt Maruka to thank who's got Jack Cruz Dr. Jack Cruz to thank for that one uh, that's incredible to tell you how important light is and healing um, a big realization for me was a lot of people that have hormone imbalances often wear contact lenses which is stopping the light energy that's getting into the retina which means that they don't regulate the hormones properly so if you have contact lenses right now sorry to bust that one on you guys <laughs> But read that book. Yeah, exactly. It's a great book. And Maddie recommended that one when he was on the podcast a year ago. It's it's a relatively quick read too. Mm -hmm. And I think one other book I'd like to mention um, is Thinking in Bets. Martin Tobias, The Upgrade, the the CEO of Upgrade Labs, uh, Bulletproof Upgrade Labs, um, recommended it to me once on an Uber ride in London. Um, And it's really working out the odds of things. So, you know, if there's... I really love to give this because I think it really is amazing for the biohacking mindset um, is if you're making a decision based on the odds, then you're very, very different. An example is if, if, um, if someone has a go at you for something and you then tailor your behavior as a result of that, how many other people would ever have a go at you for that behavior? You want to think, well, actually think, is this something that's going to affect everyone or just this one person? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you calibrate, you might not do that behavior again in future, which then changes your whole personality opposed to going, well, actually this is the odds is that this isn't going to affect anyone else. So, I mean, I, I really, really recommend that book and it actually changed my whole perspective on decision-making and relationships as well. So I, uh, yeah, uh, thinking in bets. Beautiful. Beautiful. Tim, where can people learn more about you and what you're working on? Um, so at Tim biohacker on Instagram, um, for some crazy biohacks and documenting my journey, um, at health optimization summit, which is something I'm working on at the moment and biohacker London, um, as well. So yeah. And tell us a little bit more about the health optimization summit. Cause that's coming up here. Mm, yeah. So just, I mean, I started the meetup group in London by Hacker London. Um, it grew to about four or 500 people quite quickly, um, of which 50 people turned up roughly a month. Then I relabeled it as health optimization and biohacker London, which helped it grow to nearly a thousand people very, very, very quickly. It told me that the label of biohacking is incredible for people that know it isn't for people that don't. But once they know the label of health optimization, then they realize that they're a biohacker and the audience have come in as a result were exactly the same people as biohackers. They just didn't know the label or bulletproof coffee. How? So, (laughs) so I, I mean, I've built up a really good friend network, got to know some incredible people and they said, Tim, you should do a summit. And so I started working on the health optimization summit for London, 2019, September, September 14th and 15th, central London. Uh, the website is summit.healthoptimization.com and that's optimization with an S, not a Z because we're British. Um, and we've got people such as Dave Asprey, um, Gerard Pollack, uh, who's the fourth phase of water, uh, Luke Story, who's the lifestylist podcast, uh, an avid biohacker. We've got, um, oh, it's just like such a list of like keynote speakers from around the world. I've been calling favors in left, right and center to say, look, I want the smartest minds from around the planet to be in the same place for the first time ever with all different walks from the health, fitness, medical, wellness, nutrition, and biohacking spaces to go, look guys, we're all super fucking smart. Let's put our heads together. Let's try and work out how to have optimal health for all of us. And then with the new label of health optimization, it's kind of like making more people aware of it. So looking at the ticket sales today, the, the people that have been coming on board is a, is a cross between new people that um, don't necessarily associate themselves with biohacking, but then 
um, biohackers and health optimizers and, and various other firms like that as well. So it's very, very cool. So that's what's happening. Yeah. Awesome. And I'll, I'll be there too. So I'm looking forward to seeing all the speakers. That's going to be amazing. But mm. Tim, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking us through this. this has been absolutely incredible experience and a lot of takeaways. It's going to take me forever to put together the show notes for this one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. But thanks, <laughs> yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And to all the superhumans listening out there, have an absolutely epic day. Superhumans, before you go, if you enjoy the episode, if you enjoy all of our episodes, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It would really, really help get the word out on what we're doing here at Decoding Superhuman. Feedback. If you want to give us direct feedback or you want to see us cover a specific topic, whether on the shorter episodes or the longer episodes, head on over to your email and email us at podcast at decodingsuperhuman.com. For those of you who have sent emails to that address, you know that I respond to every single one. And then lastly, would you like 300 to 500 words of highly curated information on how to upgrade performance? If so, head on over to decodingsuperhuman.com slash throwdown and you'll get our next issue of the throwdown, which is our 300 to 500 word highly curated digest, if you will, on what's going on in the field of performance. Enjoy your day, superhumans, and thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in to today's episode.